Welcome, Gassers, to this Scout Report episode for the Wiccan game at Adams Park this coming Saturday. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Tom from the Chairboy Central. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Rovers come into this game on a wretched run of form. No wins in 11 games in all competitions have seen Rovers slide from playoff contenders under Graham Coughlin to mid-table obscurity under Ben Garner. Wanderers come into this game in mixed form. Two wins and three losses in their last five have seen them slip to second in the table from one runaway leaders at one point. The last time we played each other was back in August, with the game ending 0-0 at the Mem. At the time, I remember Gasheads being upset that we weren't beating a team that was tipped to struggle. How the times have changed. Before we get into the analysis for Saturday, just wanted to ask you how you feel about the season so far, Tom. You must be absolutely delighted. Oh, I mean, that would be the word. Um, <laughs> delighted, shocked. Still probably hasn't fully sunk in. I think that's no one, Wickham fan or otherwise, was really tipping us for anything much more than a top-half finish. Uh, a lot of the pre-season sort of magazine, podcast, website predictions came out before the Kuigs, who were set to take over, complete their takeover any day now. A lot of the predictions came out before they came on the scene, when I think it was quite right to tip us for relegation. I mean, I remember back in June discussing it with somebody and just struggling to really find anything to give us much hope and much you know much sort of expectation of staying up again uh, but then we got a little bit of investment which helped us restore the playing budget made some excellent signings good Fred on your dimmer the marquee signing and then players like David Wheeler Jack Grimmer who've done it at this level and have a bit of championship experience as well brought players like that in kept the core from the previous season and then it kind of started to take shape but to actually have spent so long in the top two, spent so long top, gone on about a three-month unbeaten run from mid-September to mid-December was just unbelievable. And I don't know, obviously now we're on quite a bad run over the last 10 games. I don't know if before Christmas it had quite got to the point where people thought, right, yeah, we're actually going to do this. But it's still disappointing the way we've slid, come up, you know, tailed off at the moment. But then again, it's helpful to look at the bigger picture and realise just how much we are punching above our weight. And however the season ends, I think any top half finish still constitutes a successful season, given where we came from. Obviously, I want to finish in the playoffs. I'd love to go up. But the ultimate aim is really improving on last season's finish, where we only officially avoided relegation on the final day. I mean, that's quite pragmatic of you, just, you know... uh an improvement season on season because I know definitely if if Rovers were top for that long we'd all be screaming for promotion I mean we got up to the heady heights of fourth and we were like right definitely playoffs this season and now we've slid down people are you know quite angry about it where where do you think you will finish yeah I think there is a little bit of anger annoyance creeping in among our fans at the moment and the way I see it is I mean I'm annoyed about the performances against Coventry and MK were particularly awful. So was the one at Sunderland. Unfortunately, wasn't at that game. And, um, yeah, in those sort of isolated performances, I say isolated because we've played badly in quite a few games ever since just before Christmas. Um, I think the anger and the annoyance are quite understandable because we're not playing as well as we can play. It might not, you know, even if it's... There's a difference between not playing like a top-of-the-league team and not playing at our own level. We're not even playing at that in some games recently. 
But by the same token, you've got to look at the bigger picture and realise that there's no pressure on us. Even when we were top and you had to look at other teams like Sunderland, Pompey, who'd made slow starts. Peterborough went on a bad run. So did Ipswich. Coventry were drawing a lot of games to start to turn them into wins now. They absolutely devastated us. You know, other teams were going to catch up. And when it came to January, other teams were going to have more spending power and the ability to attract better signings. They've got bigger squads. We've got quite a small squad. So there's a bigger story here. There's a much bigger picture to look at. And while it's disappointing at the moment to be on this poor run and not playing like promotion material at all, apart from perhaps in the game against Blackpool we won last week. Um, Overall, it's been a fantastic season and whatever happens from now, um, I think, yeah, it will will be a success. Personally, I'll be disappointed to finish outside the top six, but it won't be a failure. Others might see it as that. I'm not too sure, really. It's hard to tell what kind of reaction there'll be until we actually get to the end of the season and see where we are. Yeah, I mean, very, very level-headed for a football fan. Um, I was just looking at your kind of like some of the uh, fixtures that you mentioned, the the losses and the wins, and it seems like your home form is definitely really strong. I think oh, recent massively. home form played it played eight, won six, drawn one, lost one. Whereas you know the the kind of crushing defeats come away. Sunderland, uh, Peterborough, MK Dons. I think MK Dons is probably a good place to start. You said that was a pretty dreadful performance. Yeah, I mean, it was just a really flat game. I know they turned their form around under Russell Martin. They beat Oxford, beat Pompey, narrowly lost to Sunderland, drew with Coventry all recently. There we go. So they're, they're not a bad team. A lot of people will... You've got to look at the uh, you've got to look at the form table over the league table sometimes, especially given the form we were in. It wasn't going to be a simple case of second against twentieth. Um, but yeah, it was really flat. We created next to nothing, which has actually been a problem for most of the season, but has become more apparent of late when our defence has just gone to bits, and we've conceded. 20 goals in the last 10 games and before that it was we'd kept about seven eight clean sheets in a row and yeah so this wasn't really the game you know so you say it's the most recent game from what i saw the performance against coventry was much worse we just got absolutely devastated by their wing back set up completely wrongly made ridiculous mistakes in some moments and just looked like a shell of what we had been previously but yeah on Saturday it was just a really strange game weren't creating much Jason McCarthy who came back and had a you know we know he's a great player was our player of the season last season he didn't look himself the defense was missing Darius Charles who's been an absolute rock this season because he's got a chronic hip condition which means he can't play he can't play two games in a week necessarily does have to sit at the odd one out so you bring in a backup center back who isn't on the same level. I mean that, but that wasn't really necessarily the problem. It was more just kind of generally flat performance, but very one-dimensional. And I don't know. It's one of those, you know, one of those ones that you really it can be hard to get your head around. Like you can kind of see what went wrong, but you can't see why it went wrong. If that makes sense. Um, 
considering how well we'd played in the week as well. That made it all the more disappointing. But yeah, the, the away form, we've not scored an away goal since November and lost every game since then. So yeah, that's, uh, it's worrying for sure. And if we are to stay where we are, the home form is going to be pivotal. But we are going to have to pick up the odd away win and stop conceding so many goals. Yeah, surprising that you're not kind of higher scorers, really, because you, you tend to play a 4-3-3, which, you know, yeah. fairly attacking. You've you certainly got the players for it. Is it just kind of chance creation that isn't isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it's the way we, I mean, we've been missing. One of the key players we've been missing is Fred Onyadimma, who's been out since end of September. Hopefully, I don't know, he'll be back on Saturday. Uh, he's, he's very close. As far as I can tell, I mean, the club quite secretive about injuries, which is fine. Um, I think it pretty does frustrate people when they expect someone back and uh, they're still not. But um, he's been taking part in doing workouts before games and you just have a peek on players' Instagram stories and he's sort of there playing volleyball and things in training and you try and get a picture. But yeah, we scored as many goals in the nine games that he played as we have in the 20 games he hasn't played. And he got four in, four goals in eight starts. And yeah, he was just bringing so much to our attack. The way he can take players on, he's got twice as many completed dribbles per game as anyone else in the squad. He's an intelligent player. He's not afraid to shoot from outside the box. He's got the strength which Paul Smith, our other kind of flair player, flair wide player, is occupying his role. You know, he's kind of sort of more Messi-esque in his stature. But uh, yeah, lacking any lacking the strength that Fred Onyedima has in the pure pace as well. And I think it's very easy to say, oh, we really need him back. We really miss him. But when you look at the numbers and just that goals thing, that the fact that we scored 18 goals in eight games when he was, oh, sorry, in nine games when he was in the side and we scored 18 goals in 20 games when he hasn't been. That's not all down to that, but he is a massive player. And um, yeah, in terms of the actual chance creation, though, a lot of it came through him early in the season. A lot of the goals themselves came through him, but we play a kind of odd midfield in that it's usually three ball winners, three kind of more defensive-minded players. So Curtis Thompson and Dom Gape, the deeper two, and then Matt Bloomfield, technically a 10, but of the defensive 10, a kind of battering ram who will draw fouls, commit fouls, put his body on the line. He's been playing in a quite Star Trek-esque headband for the last couple of months after... <laughs> I think probably a second or third head injury of the season. You know, he's a worrier and, um, yeah, not many managers, I don't think, would play a midfield without a creator in it. And a lot of the creativity comes through Joe Jacobson, who you'll know well. Uh, Nick Freeman, when he comes into the side, is a much much more attack-minded player, but probably about 80, he's probably about 80% a top of being a top player in this league, just sometimes lacks the final ball and is a bit hesitant. And otherwise, it is really... You know, channel balls to David Wheeler particularly, who's excellent in the air, great hold-up play, really intelligent player. Um, all the long balls over the middle to Bayouac and Femmer when he's in the side, to Alex Samuel again, who barely scores for a striker, but has to do a lot of the hard graft to bring his teammates into the game. We just yeah, the, the midfield is not a creative midfield, and that's probably the main reason behind our lack of creativity and... Uh, I was looking at this the other day and um, in terms of big chances 
scored, only Lincoln have taken more than we have. So we are clinical when we get those good chances. We just don't create enough of them. And when they're defending, um, when we slip up at the back, as we have done majorly recently, then you're going to get exposed. You can't nick games 1-0. Yeah, speaking kind of about at the back especially, I mean, what kind of team, what kind of team setup do you kind of struggle against? Is it kind of, yeah, pace out wide or, you know, big target men kind of thing? Wing backs would be the one major thing that we've struggled against. So Coventry, Peterborough, Sunderland all played them and all scored four against us. Okay, we did go down to 10 men away at Peterborough. We're down to 10 men from about 20 minutes, but they were already exploiting us out wide because we, for some reason, set up in a diamond. Against Posh, I kind of understood because they had been playing a diamond, but we went diamond and they then switched to a wing back system. Coventry, we would have known played wing backs, but still went for diamond, and it was just really worrying. <laughs> like from the start to see how narrow we were, and I mean, also in the Coventry game and the Sunderland game, both of which we conceded four in, we didn't have a right back at right back. So Jack Grimmer has been injured since beginning of December, hasn't played since before that. The uh, winter break of sorts that we had, we had almost three weeks off, end of November, early December, because of not being in the second round of the cup and she'd be playing Barry around that time as well. And we only managed to bring Jason McCarthy in for the Rochdale home game a couple of weeks ago. So we were having to play either Cedar Jambati or Giles Phillips, both of whom are centre-backs. Phillips definitely a centre-back. They're both having to play right-back and against wing-backs that you know proved to be absolutely devastating. They just couldn't cope with it, really. Um, but you're yeah, going to narrow... Teams with real width can hurt us. Other than that, it doesn't seem to be any one obvious system. It's really probably what we, you know, we're suffering from generally lack of disorgani- a lack of organisation um, because we haven't had a settled. Def- we had a really settled defence. It was Jack Grimmer, Anthony Stewart, Darius Charles, Joe Jacobson, and then as soon as Grimmer got injured, Charles had to miss the odd game over the Christmas period because he can't. You know, he can't play too many games within a short period of time because of his condition, which needs managing. Joe Jacobson, let's just say he did miss the... He came off against Peterborough, missed the Blackpool game, but actually we coped okay in his absence. But yeah, it doesn't help to not have that settled defence. And I think, yeah, even the absence of just one of them can really have a big effect and uh, it throws you off a bit. And yeah, we've we've had a similar thing where um, we've had Josh Hare um, did his ACL right at the start of the season, and then Mark Little has been injured kind of on and off a lot, so we've had to shift um, Alfie Kilgore out to right back, and he is a, a big centre back. He's mm. quick and he can kind of do a job there, but it's not not his position by any means. Um, I mean, conversely, what teams do you find you can steamroller with? Um, Ashimak and Fen was quite a big focal point he was when he played at the yeah. Mem and he won a lot in the air um, I kind of I envisit well from what we saw at the Mem quite direct um, you'd like to play sm- against smaller centre backs and look to yeah. smash them really I mean the teams that we've done well against recently Rochdale you frankly like to you know they try to play out from the back and they're not good enough to do it they faff about in their own box and we'd be good at putting them under pressure so we're good at telling when to press and when to not I mean, sometimes if teams want to keep it in their own half, we're generally happy to let them have it there, kind of from the theory that you know if they're passing around there, they can't hurt us. 
But the longer it goes on, and particularly if they're passing about right near their own box, we'll apply the pressure there. If it's sort of just, you know, in their half, in non-threatening areas, you know, let them have it. We kind of, our possession is, if not the lowest, one of the lowest in the league. Very rarely go over 50%, sort of mid-40s normally. We beat Rochdale away with about 30% possession, even 3-0. So we can do that. I wouldn't say we can steamroller anyone because we don't kind of have that firepower, that intensity and attack to do that necessarily. But I think against teams that struggle in the air, definitely you put Akinfemer on. And it's not even just the aerial ability. He's just, you know, as is probably quite obvious, you can't knock him off the ball. He's brilliant with his feet as well. And then you've got Alex Samuel, who, you know, is an absolute terrier, who just press and press and press and press and back into players and holds the ball up brilliantly. Is getting a little bit better in the air. I back him to get onto any, you know, you can ping a long ball down the channel and he will get to it most of the time. And when he does get into position to score, which is very rarely, um, he only scored his first league goal of the season against Blackpool last week. He can bury it. I think he comes in for a lot of undue stick for not scoring enough, but he's very rarely in position to score. It's much more of a kind of... I don't want to compare him to Firmino because that's just not... You know, <laughs> it's a bit, you know, it's it's not quite a false nine, but he is really more of a... He's a very selfless as a centre-forward and will try and bring the players around him into the game. And when Fred on your dimmer is playing that's a great thing to have because you can give him the ball anywhere in the final third and he can do something with it. If Samuel can if Samuel can hold it up, you know, it buys you a bit of time and things like that. But yeah, I suppose any team that is struggles in the air, that's kind of an obvious one because we can throw Bayo in there. Um, and teams that faff about, the difference obviously between playing out from the back and faffing about at the back, they're probably the two that we can do the most damage to. I was going to ask you um, about some of your standout players. I think you've pretty much covered them all. Um, I did want to ask about Joe Jacobson specifically because yeah. he is your joint top scorer with the, the obviously the evergreen Akin Fenwa. Um, and then you've you've talked about Fred on the gym net. Um, are there any other players that you know on Saturday Gasset should be keeping an eye out for? After Simon, mean, I'm hoping Fred is back in the squad. We will see. Um, I mean, Paul Smith going to be devastating running he's a brilliant ball carrier running at players and uh if he doesn't get a shot off he can usually draw a foul his problem is that he's not really robust enough and uh does try it on a bit and then get a little bit mouthy a little bit mouthy with the ref um you know if he put really focuses on it just keep doing what he's doing he, he can wear he can wear fullbacks down and uh he did draw the penalty that won the game against Rochdale the other week of uh, young Luke Matheson. Um, yeah, in, in full flow, he's one to really, you know, you can't take your eye off him. You might have to kick him to stop him, but yeah, he's not been he's not been entirely the same since he came back from injury. But then he came back over two months ago now, I think. So uh, it's about you know he's, it's about time he. Uh, got back into his groove and got a goal or two. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to think of what we're likely to play. David Wheeler, as I mentioned, he's just been Mr. Consistent and excellent positional awareness. Superb in the air. He used to do high jump when he was younger, so he sort of brought that kind of hang time into it. And uh, he's not the tallest or the most physical, like physically imposing, but he wins a lot. And he also takes the chances that he gets when he's in those central positions. Um JJ, as you mentioned, 
wand of a left foot and has had a, arguably the season of his career. It looked like he was kind of fading a bit last season, but now he's had Darius Charles alongside him, a much more athletic and quicker centre-back than Adam Elabd. That's helped him out a lot. Uh, he's, just, he's been brilliant, both in an attacking and defensive sense. I've noticed a lot more in terms of kind of getting back, making tackles, interceptions, getting really stuck in this season, which maybe was not quite there last season. Um, but yeah, no, last, you know, it's not like he's improved from what he was. He's back at his kind of normal level plus a bit. And he's just been brilliant. I mean, I think if he had pace, I honestly think he'd be in the championship. It's kind of a blessing in disguise. Maybe we've been allowed to clubs at this level sort of Shrewsbury, Wickham, Rovers have been allowed to keep hold of him. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Both the centre backs. I'm just going to end up naming the whole team here. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I think in terms of maybe the less obvious ones, Josh Parker started to get a run in the side. Didn't make his first league start until that Rochdale game this month. Um, you know, he's kind of sharpening up now, and he looks really looks useful in a front two with Bayo. And he's got a bit of flair about him and he tried to sort of backheeled finish on Saturday and nearly came off. Takes a pretty good free kick. Is generally decent in the air, although he's not necessarily shown it in the last few games. And is very quick and you know, quite intelligent at releasing players into good positions on the break. Um, so I don't know. He might get the nod again. I'd expect him to play a part. He's sort of getting a lot more involved now. But yeah, it's quite a small squad and when it's like that, everyone's got to pull their weight and uh, play above themselves. Or yeah, been a lot, a lot of games, a lot of games for a lot of players. We're kind of finding that, uh, or we have found that in the kind of Christmas period where we had a lot of injuries. So you're, you're expecting the same players to kind of play Tuesday to Saturday, and we had a lot of like cup replays and stuff like that. So it's just like a complete. Oh, a meat grinder really for the players it was it was so intense yeah, and our form did drop off because of it but i mean it sounds like you you know you're getting the odd win and keeping it keeping it together um i wanted to ask you about what fans can expect when they're traveling to adams park this weekend uh a nightmare to park <laughs> <laughs> um i mean yeah if they've not been before get there in plenty of time and you'll probably have to park on the roads you can park at the ground but be prepared to wait a hell of a long time to get out afterwards yeah being plonked at the end of an industrial estate is never a great it's never been a great location um depending on how many you bring it could be carnage afterwards um but we've got a new beer tent a whole sort of fan village up at one end of the car park now, so one of the local breweries has got the tent there. You've got all sorts of food outlets and barbecue and live music and, you know, all the bits for the kids and stuff. Um, some sim- I mean, I don't know. I've never been in the away tent at the other end, but you've got, your, you know, there's a bar down there and all sorts of bits going on as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot outside the ground to keep people filled up and uh, entertained, but... Yeah, those are the main things. I'm not going to kind of... just trying to think, actually. <laughs> I don't really think too much about it. I thought, you know, I'm used to go in, have a drink or whatever, and then go into the ground. I'm trying to think of, like, yeah. Um, yeah. But no... Uh, this will be my first time going, and, like, from everyone um, I've spoken to, they've just gone on and on about the beer tent and the bratwurst sausages. So 
that's my yeah. kind of pre-match yeah. absolutely sorted. <laughs> that's all yeah. I need. Unity, shall we say? Yeah, so I think it's better than a lot of clubs in that respect because although it's you know well outside of town and um, you have the traffic problems, we have got you know quite a big space outside for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, we were speaking just before we started recording about Oxford and MK, and the, the best you can get there is the Hollywood Bowl and the um, and Costa. <laughs> so it uh, sounds like it's a, a massive step up from them. Um, could I trouble you for a score prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I've just been having to think about this. And I can try and like put loads of deep thought into it. I just think I don't expect us to score many because we don't um i mean if someone like fred is back that'll be a big morale boost and uh but our home form we've only lost one game at home all season we've won the last two we know that's where we thrive this has become a bit of a grudge match over recent years for obvious reasons um (laughs) atmosphere should be rocking in there you're on a bad run we're on a wobbly run um but as I think, I, I am a firm believer that games like this, the four book does go a bit out of the window. I might just have to go for one all because I. It's kind of those are oh, both sides need a win type game, and I don't know. I'm not. I should have more faith in our home form, but just seeing us on Saturday, I don't know if there might be an element of caution about us. But yeah, I, I can't see beyond a draw. I do think we'll score, but we've been on a long run without a clean sheet and. Uh, there's nothing obvious to me to suggest that we're going to keep one here. So let's go. Let's go one all. One all. Um, I was actually going to go one all as well, um, just because. Yeah, like you said, both teams in a bit of a dodgy run of form. Obviously, I've seen a lot more Rovers recently, and I think the past three games we've been kind of steadily improving. We drew at home with Fleetwood when we should have won. Uh, JCH missed a penalty, and then the Bolton game immediately after on the Tuesday it was one all, but. We dominated that game. And then Coventry on Saturday, we went 1-0 up, uh, controlled it for like 30 minutes. I thought we looked really good, and then it just all went to shit. So um, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think a one all, I'd, I'd absolutely take it. I mean, looking at the table, for second versus, what, 13th, 14th, you'd taken away draw, absolutely. Um, mm. And I think it'll be, yeah, another building block for the, the Ghana revolution. <laughs> well, let's hope, anyway. Because um, yeah, after we that... Yeah, we had a period where we were like prone to like a three-two thriller every sort of six or so games. It was at one point. We've not had one of that, that one of them for a long time. But I think for the uh, for the heart and the nerves, maybe something a bit less dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love a bit of excitement. We had um, so much of Coughlin Ball, whereas we'd win by the un, like grind out horrible results by the odd goal, and it was just <laughs> so boring to watch. So yeah, I could go a thriller right about now. Um, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Tom. And thank you, Gasheads, for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And just leaves me to say, up the gas. <laughs>